I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta Rank college football statistical model. This is a sharp college football where all of your dreams come true, where all of your dreams come true, including wish-casting DJU to Oregon State. We did it, everybody. Congratulations. Congratulations to us. Congratulations to you. Uh, finally, the transfer portal is starting to make some sense. I'm joined, as always, by Rob Barron, who, uh, like myself, enjoyed the weeks and, and, and emphasis on weeks off. So thanks, everybody, for your patience. But uh, we we all had a, a wonderful holiday. Hopefully, um, you know it's always so funny, Rob. Like whenever somebody says for those who for those who partake, I always, I always in my mind it's always like for those that drink, <laughs> like for those that <laughs> celebrate. <laughs> but, uh, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, you know, to everybody that that's out there. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Beta rank is actually so the new predicted. It's funny, like the new pred- uh, predicted score um, model sits at 57% so far, 57.5% against the spread of bowl season, which ain't bad for bowl season. Yeah. But the old naive spread, <laughs> the old reliable, sits at 55% for bowl season. So, oh. Yeah. Okay. I feel- they could end up tied because they're actually on different sides of the championship game. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I I always yeah. find bowl season to be a bit of a crapshoot, right? You're trying to you're you yeah. know, you're reading the tea leaves. You got to figure out you know who's who's playing, who's not playing. We're gonna go through all the bowl games, by the way. Talk about that. I do think that there's some things that you can take away from that. Um, a shout out to everybody that joined the 12 pack radio bowl, uh, bowl pool. Yonker CFB once again in first place. So maybe maybe it isn't just a crapshoot. You know, maybe maybe Yonkers knows. You know, he knows all the coaches and all the players that have the flu or don't want to play. Uh, Bill Walden's plug again. And uh, at number two, and Brad Toyle, who also I think did really well last year, is in third place. I was I was sitting high, Rob. I was kind of looking down at at, at all the peons um, from from my my you know fiftieth floor penthouse suite, and then just completely collapsed. Like I think it went two and fifteen in the last bowl games. It has been it has been fascinating to see, but we'll we'll get to those. I think we should start by some big news in the transfer portal. We're gonna we're gonna kind of ease our way into the portal the announcements the final you know dates where you can transfer one to the or the other i believe is next week but i wanted to start this show rob with the quarterbacks because there's been a lot of news i i think that if you're a team that needs a quarterback and you get somebody in the door it's always exciting um and i think the big story for this year kind of similar to last year was that it's it's kind of a, a conference that has legit good quarterbacks and when you don't have good defenses, boy, howdy, they look great. And and maybe that's why we saw some good transfers over in the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, the one of the the I mean, real fun positives I think about the Pac-12 this last year is that the offense has really picked back up. Um, and I, I I I mean I like what had been. I mean, if you think of like two years ago, like it wasn't a great conference for quarterbacks, and the, the conference rebounded tremendously. Um, just this past year, uh, and I think has an opportunity to be better, you know, with uh, you know some inbound QBs um, this season. But such as that, I mean, like the the you know Bo Nix and Michael Penix coming back, I think is a huge shot in the arm for the conference. Um, and you have to expect you know Cal to be in the market um, for a quarterback still as well, and maybe Washington State. Yeah, yeah, with their their offensive coordinator uh, taking off and taking a head coaching job, we'll talk about that uh, shortly. I think really the, the of course the biggest news was DJ Uyunglele making the transfer from Clemson to to Oregon State, and it was interesting because it, it was him. There, there's a couple of players where the transfer portal looked kind of funky, like when Keaton Slovis went to Pitt. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you're going to go play for that offense? Because like their offensive coordinator left, and the head coach is basically like, yeah, he was he was too good. We, we want to win the right way by running the football and not scoring points. And I was like, why is Slovis going there? And then you had the transfer, uh, the guy escapes right now, but to, to West Virginia, like basically the USC quarterback transferring over there. And that offense was terrible under um, 
um, under uh, not Todd Graham. Oh my gosh, uh, I've I've wiped his name out of my. Neil memory. Brown's the quarterback. Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell, thank you very much. Yeah, Graham yeah. Harrell. You know, going back to or Neil to, Brown's the head coach, not quarterback, but yeah. Yeah, and it, like that that just didn't make sense. So you know, you have Slovis transferring back from Pitt to BYU. Um, you have uh, DJU over to, to Oregon State, and that's the one I'm really excited about because I was talking to a friend of mine who's a huge Clemson fan, and he just thinks DJU sucks. And it's possible. That's wrong. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a lot wrong with that offense. Um, he, you could argue, was part of it. Um, but if you watch that offense in the bowl game, like – it was not, it's not just quarterback play. I mean, the offensive line is not good. The receivers are not getting separation there. I mean, I would, I would be surprised if Clemson has receivers drafted on day one or day two in the draft. Um, you know, they're not really able to run the football, you know, like it's not a, like, I mean, maybe you could get a phenomenal, like, you know, quarterback to come in and help clean up some of this mess, but the, the mess that's outside of uh, you know DJU, like I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that's indicative of his skill level. And I think he is maybe more than anyone in college football that enters the transfer portal is going to benefit from the particular change of scenery that he chose. I was so excited because you saw some some of the teams that were popping up, like Hawaii and I think Nevada or Fresno State was another one, and I'm like, go to. Go to Oregon State. And we've been talking about this for like two years, right? Go, You get a good offensive line. You have a great offensive line coach. Jonathan Smith can scheme up plays. I don't know if the wide receivers for Oregon State are really that good. but um, and, and that's not to throw away the fact that Gold, uh, Ben Goldbranson, as a true freshman, really – like I'm excited about him next year because yeah. as a true freshman, he played just as well as Chance Nolan did. Now you have DJU coming in, somebody that can throw the ball a little bit further down the field that has more seasoning to him. Is he going to be the best quarterback in the Pac-12? Probably not, but I think it's a huge, huge get for Oregon State. I think him and getting another shot, and, and, and it's just a good place for him to land, right? Not great defenses, a good offensive coordinator. He's going to be protected by the offensive line. And if you're Oregon State, you just have to be really excited uh, because if he doesn't pan out, and I don't see a scenario really where he's going to flame out at Oregon State. I think he'll be pretty good there. Um, you still have uh, Gold Branson, who's still – there, you know, I think he got thrown into the fire early. And if you've been a, a fan of a team where the true freshman gets thrown in, you're like, holy Moses, that guy's not ready. That's not what Gold Branson looked like. He looked like somebody that could be a good long term prospect for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it really for Uigalele, like the, the fact that he's going to have a solid run game to work behind, um, you know, and he's going to get to work out of a lot of play action. I, I think he's going to be fine. Like, I mean, I think this will be an upgrade for Oregon State. And I don't say that as like, I mean, Gil Branson, you know, could get there. There's flashes. You're right. Um, but I do think it's going to be, you know, he is, is going to be probably like a bigger talent from day one. Yeah. Um, you know, and they can continue to develop Gil Branson, you know, behind him. Um, but it, it, it potentially opens things up for Oregon State because, look, I mean, they run the ball well enough that the quarterback – really should be able to to have a lot to work with, even without the world's best receivers. But now with him in the fold, I think what's interesting, like what might be interesting is like, is Oregon State potentially a more attractive landing spot for any transfer wide receivers still looking? That would be awesome because I think they need a couple. And they have brought in some wide receivers with pedigree, right? The Florida state transfer. They brought some guys in from Nebraska a few years ago. It seems like every year they've been pulling them in, but, but not quite at the, like they just haven't hit. And I don't know if it's because they haven't had the quarterback play. I mean, like Nolan's first year during the COVID year, he looked awful. And and to his credit, he got better, but he wasn't really the yeah. answer. He gets injured. And then, um, and then kind of like, we are where we are now. Um, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be really something to keep a look at because, you know, that, that transfer portal is still open. And as we've seen uh, with Arizona losing their uh, top, you know, wide receiver to their rival in their own division in USC, like things can move pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, you will like, you will sit there and say like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, like Oregon State doesn't have wide receivers. If they just get one good wide receiver, all of a sudden they're cooking. 
right? Like, I mean, really took him on offense. And they, it's not that they're like a bad offense by any stretch. Yeah. And they have a good defense now. Like, again, that, and that was 10 games this year. And they get a four or five star QP. They won 10 games. And the, the, the one thing that you would point out about them is that the, the biggest missing piece was a QP, right? I mean, like, yes, you would also like to have, like, but it almost feels like we are nitpicking what will be a good offense and an improved offense no matter what, right? Like, it's like, oh, yeah, it'd be awesome. If they, like, how good do we need them to be, right? Like, they'll, they'll be, <laughs> be a lot, like, this should be a really, really fun team this year. Yeah, for the love of all that's good in the world, Oregon State, like, make Jonathan Smith the mayor, give him the biggest house in, in Corvallis, like, you know, right, make a, yeah. you know, name name the steakhouse restaurant after him and give him all the naming rights. Like, just do whatever you can to keep him there because it's awesome. By the way, for, for everybody that was listening and tearing their hair, hair out, JT Daniels was the transfer I was thinking of that ended up going from West Virginia now to Rice. So I apologize for that. My, my brain, we're, we're still catching up. It's We've taken a couple weeks off. It's, and a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, a, a couple other transfers here rob and on the quarterback and again we'll we'll talk about other positions later but um you know yeah jack Plummer leave cal to go to louisville uh cal looks like is still looking for a quarterback on that front um you know the other i wouldn't say big name but another name that ended up happening was drew pine the starting quarterback from notre dame now transferred over to asu and uh you know he's got uh, dillingham there like what do you what do you think about that pickup yeah, I mean, like Pine was gonna was not gonna get the you know not gonna win the job in Notre Dame. Um, I think you know, like for Arizona State for where they currently sit, right? Like getting Pine is, is a good win. You know, like he's um, they didn't really have any. I mean, they didn't really have anybody that you love at you know at QB. Um, yeah, and they didn't have anybody really in development either, right? Like. Uh, coming into this season. So I'm fine with it. I like it. I think it works. Um, it's not, he should be really, he should be plenty serviceable. Dillingham's a good OC, you know, don't let, don't let Bill Baldwin look things up. <laughs> that, is, that is the worry, right? We, we talked about that a little bit in terms of what he brings. And uh, I, I don't know, like, you know, hopefully Dillingham is, is calling the plays and he's just trying to revive Bo Baldwin's career to do an attaboy, which is not what I would do to start my uh, coaching career at 37 or whatever it is. But uh, right. here we are. And, you know, a couple other names in terms of the portal. Xavier Ward, the Washington State quarterback, ended up at Sam Houston State. Emory Jones has transferred to Cincinnati. Uh, Kai Milner, the four-star quarterback from Cal, is gone. Although I'm curious if he jumps back in. Um, and we'll talk about the offensive coordinator that Cal brought in, which which we're actually kind of bullish on. You have uh, Paul Tyson, you know, the great-great-grandson, twice removed of Bear Bryant, <laughs> who transferred to ASU. He's gone. He actually went over to, to Clemson, so we're transferring. Um, Finn, Finn Collins also gone from ASU. Um, I'm just I mean, Devo De- De- played at Bama, so like I'm sure that's like, uh-huh. yeah, sure, come on in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll give you a scholarship. You'll never like run the scout team. <laughs> Our, you know, we talked for three years about Jay Butterfield finally transferring. That happened, which is which is uh, you know we'll see where he ends up. And then Chance Nolan, who we just mentioned from Oregon State, bounced. Uh, Jordan McLeod at Arizona, where he had a cup of coffee there, a couple one get one good game against UCLA. He's gone, and uh, Brendan Lewis has also transferred. So most of those quarterbacks that I just named, most of them have not found landing spots. We'll keep a lookout for that. But you know, overall, I think that the conference is still going to look really solid at the quarterback yeah. position, and I'm just I'm just praying that maybe the defense steps up on any one team, any team, Rob, that that isn't Oregon State basically this year because it's been a rough yeah. year. And there's going to be a lot of offense next year, as far as as I can see. Yeah, I mean that's really the problem for the Pac-12 right now is that uh, you know like if you look top to bottom within the conference, um, you know the conference has just become horrible, horrible at defense. Um, <clears throat> And, and it, it, it's like for these teams to improve, you know, like for the most part, it, it's going to have to start with defense. I mean, like right now, and this is after the semifinal games, um, but without the four games that came on Monday, um, you know, it's only Utah and Oregon State within the top 41. <laughs> Or I mean, with the top 40 defenses in college, in, in college football, the Pac-12, in Beta Rank, it's 
it's there's a lot of really really bad defenses out there within the conference like washington ended up improving a bit um off of where they were they've ended up finishing off at, at 54 um you know but like some of it is like washington also you know got a i mean some of these teams also managed to get fairly favorable bowl draws as far as like the offenses they were facing right like Oregon got North Carolina after North Carolina's offensive coordinator went to Wisconsin. Uh, Washington gets Texas with Quinn Ewers, who is just bad. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, if you look at, like, I mean, USC's at 82. I mean, there's, like, I mean, there are more, like, half half the conference is below at 73 or below and def- I mean, and those are all like we, we grade power five on a one to 65 scale those are all horrible power five defenses i mean and, and like arizona is at 114 colorado is at 125 my god mm. yeah and I'm, I'm just curious to see what ends up happening in terms of like the yards and stuff. So I, it, at this point it is kind of a landing spot for quarterbacks. They're like, Oh, I can make a name for myself in the pac 12. That's great. You know, I'll go, I'll, I will yeah, yeah. happily do that. Uh, I guess we can move on from the transfers. It, really the, the, we covered if, and if you haven't listened in the past, we covered most of the coaching changes in the pac 12, but uh, the last time we recorded Stanford hadn't brought in a, a head coach yet. So Troy Taylor, the former offensive coordinator at Utah and the Sacramento state coach is now officially announced as the head coach for Stanford. I was more excited about him. This is like, you know, who knows, but I know Jason Garrett was thrown around and I don't know. I listened to some NFL podcasts. It seemed like nobody thought he was a good coach. So it's nice that like, I think Troy Taylor had a pretty interesting stint at uh, Sacramento state. Rob, you've been following the, you know, the lower divisions a little bit more, right? So Sacramento State finished at number is sitting currently at number eight. I mean, there's still one more game to play between South Dakota State and North Dakota State. Um, but Sacramento State finished at number six overall in Beta Rank, went pretty far in the FCS playoffs. Um, number five offense overall, number 19 defense. I mean, Troy Taylor, like, it did not work out for him at Utah. But he's 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 certainly shown to be himself to be a pretty good head coach at the lower level. I mean, it's a it's a this is a good change for Stanford in, in my book. Like I think Troy Taylor, he's not the re- he's not a really flashy name, but like he certainly has the track record at the lower level. That doesn't always work out, but <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and they need somebody to be able to handle a lot of the. Uh, like I almost use the word crap, but it's not. I mean, like, right? Stanford's admissions and the train—it's really hard to transfer to Stanford. They have really stringent. Uh, you know, guidelines and it's difficult. It's a tough place to, and it's an increasingly tough place to be able to recruit to. And, and now with NIL and the transfer portal and all that stuff, like, it's just, it's going to be an up, up, like, you know, and I think, I think the, the cupboard was not as strong as it's been in the past. So we'll see what happens. So like Rob, the the one thing too, is that you're going to have Taylor calling plays. So I, I was like looking around, like, why, why haven't I seen a story about the offensive coordinator being hired? And basically it's going to be Troy Taylor. He's going to do play calling uh, duties. And then he's let Tavita Pritchard stay on as the quarterback's coach. I don't know about that. I don't like they've been some, <laughs> although I guess like Davis Mills and they, I guess, I guess Shaw's had some decent people under Pritchard. Um, but uh, Taylor's basically going to be calling the plays, and Pritchard's going to be doing the the air stuff. And then I think they, they brought in a, a running backs, like you know, a run design coordinator or something like that. But for the most part, right? I I think well, like here here's a question for you. I mean, Taylor got fired at Utah, like after one year or two years. It was a really short stint. He was part of that like rotating, you know, the carousel of of offensive coordinators that Utah fired before they found, um, yeah. you know, their answer. I, what do you think about him calling plays? I mean, I, so what I, one thing I think people should always do, this is like uh, uh, like the Andy Ludwig and like Oregon fan phenomenon, right? Like um, just because a guy didn't work out at your school, in particular if it was like a short, short stint, um, doesn't necessarily negate like, you know, some, some you know, quality years elsewhere. So like I, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, like I think it is a little cautionary that like Troy Taylor really didn't work out with Utah. Um, 
and 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 he's going to come in and he's going to need to establish and run, you know, like what is like a bit of a different offense that he right like at, at Sacramento State, like than what Stanford um, has really been running. Like Sacramento State uh, is is a more run heavy offense. They're number seven in effective rush, number twenty five in effective pass in the FCS. Um, they're a pretty explosive offense overall. That's where they got most of their points. Number five in explosive drives. Uh, you know, like they're they, like they're they're going to be switching up what they've been doing. They're going to have to reestablish the run game. His offensive line coach hire, and I, you know, I feel like you can't really evaluate how that's going to work until you literally see it on the field. Um, is going to be critical. They're going to have to be able to really, you know, run the football. I think. I, I mean, I do have some concerns from time, like on, like some. I'm a little. I'm interested to see, like. I'm not convinced that every FCS run scheme translates um, like North Dakota state's my example, right? Like they op- like Kansas state opened up their offense a little bit and ran a little less North Dakota state stuff this year and, and were a much more effective offense than they have been in the past. It certainly hasn't translated at all under Craig bowl at Wyoming. Um, so, but I, I, I mean, like I, I, I think I would, I would hesitate to say like, just because like, one year it didn't work at Utah that like we think this is not going to work like he's he's had a couple of really good years at the FCS level okay yeah that, that's interesting and it is Stanford right like they again they have that uphill climb that they're gonna have to do the one thing that it also add to that though is it sounds for, like you know we have a couple friends that are pretty close into the Utah like program or they, they they're allowed on the field they cover stuff with the Utah man podcast it sounded like Taylor was like kind of out early or mid-season like that 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 departure was not a smooth one so i don't know i don't know what that means but uh you know he he started to put together his staff the the defensive coordinator is bobby april who is the linebackers coach for wisconsin um and you know he's kind of bounced around the nfl as a linebackers coach but as i see i mean he's been a quality control coach but doesn't look like he's been like a legit defensive coordinator before i don't know what do you think yeah and like we talk about like mileage anytime you get a new play caller someone that's never called plays before mileage may vary right like um you know it can go a lot of different ways i like i mean like he's got a good pedigree but it's not as if they hired like jim leonard right it's not as if they hired you know, the guy that was the play caller behind those Wisconsin defenses. Now he may have gotten, I'm not sure if Leonard kept play calling duties when he was the interim at Wisconsin um, or if he handed them off, but like they fell off a bit this year defensively. So if they did hand it off to him, like that's a bit of a watch out, but you should at least bring, you know, like, knowledge from a pretty well-functioning offense or defense over the last couple of seasons. And, um, but it is, it is like, it is a bit of a worry, I think for um, Stanford, which really absolutely has to get the defense turned around. Yeah. I think, I think this is going to be a multi-year rebuild and we'll see if he gets there, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of all that you can ask for really. I mean, it's not like Colorado, right? Like, I mean, Colorado is a, a, I like that school. It's a beautiful school. It's, but you know, you can come in there and just kind of bring in whoever you want. And and that's what, that's what Deion Sanders did, right? He just brought in a lot of transfers. He's trying to bring as many people there as possible. Stanford, you got to recruit like high school kids and junior college kids. And that's how you build that program. And it's going to be different from the rest of the PAC 12. So I'm curious to see what happens there. The the last big hire here, Rob, Jake Spavadol, the head coach at Texas state and the former offensive coordinator of um, uh, who has a pretty good standing, I guess, in the coaching world, was hired at Cal. Yeah. Like, I, I think you you had mentioned that you like this one. Yeah, I do. I mean, look, Spadwell hasn't been like a full-time OC since his theater days at Texas A&M. Um, but those were really like the last really good years they had. I mean, under Kevin Sumlin offensively. I mean, that feels like forever ago. But he's been at Texas State for a while. Um, it hasn't really, I mean, it just did not work out for him as a head coach. Texas State does not put a tremendous number amount of resources into college football. Um, and he, he really struggled as the, as the head coach there. That said, like, I think, you know, I do think this is a pretty good hire. Um, it has, I mean, I say this, like, it has been a while 
since he like exclusively called plays as the OC, you know, had better talent than he had at Texas State. Um, but I, I mean, I think you know, versus what we've seen the past couple seasons, like this is like on the face of it, a much better hire, um, and at least somebody that you know in the past has been a pretty well regarded OC and and has put up some good numbers as an OC, you know, uh, at a high level. Now he did; he was listed as the OC at West Virginia in 2018. Um, so, you know, it's been, you're right. It's been about four years, but you know, West Virginia, Cal, A&M, I mean, he's, a, he's at least been a, a OC for multiple years. And I hear you like Texas state. If, you know, if you talk to people that really follow college football, like Texas state is one of those programs that that's like, yeah, yeah, we, we got a football program. You know, <laughs> they're not, yeah. they're not really taking things as serious. Like North Texas, I think is like legitimately trying to be a, oh, I, I forgot that. So I'm sorry. I forgot that he was. So yes, in to your point, yes, West Virginia, and those were some of, as I recall, let me pull that up. Because um, Holgerson was like up and down offensively at West Virginia. Oh, uh, there's that one bowl game against Utah where their quarterback was just so so bad. <laughs> like it was. Yeah. Like I watched five minutes of that game and I'm like, oh no. Okay, yeah. So like his last his last year. At West Virginia, they ju- they improved all the way up to number twelve overall in beta rank. Um, they were they were like I said that they were good under him at A and M. Uh, let me pull up that. I'm pretty sure that 2016 Cal. I've forgotten that he had had that because uh, he was only Cal for a little bit. Yeah, they were 34. I mean, he's this should be an improvement. I mean, this should be an improvement. You know, I would expect over uh, over what they've been doing. That's great, right? Like, because Musgrave, yeah. we we both, I think we both said, hmm, right? Like, because you don't know. Sometimes sometimes you do pull an NFL coach in and, like, it works. And what are you going right. to do? Like, or an NFL coordinator? Like, it's just, that's not our world. But college is just so much different from the NFL. And oftentimes when you try to pull in a coordinator from the NFL that, like, all they've done is do NFL, it, it I find at least in in the recent memory where it doesn't really work out. And that's why you don't see major coaches do that too often. I think sometimes like, like even Alabama, right? Like Bill O'Brien was kind of a mess, Um, but Sarkeesian worked out. So, you know, I I do think that there's some, some pros and cons to it, but when it's kind of like a offensive coordinator, they haven't really heard of before from the NFL, just that Musgrave, we were pretty, we were pretty skeptical about it. And, and I think rightly so, but yeah, with this one, I think it's like more traditional, like it's not necessarily like a home run, but it's, it's within the context of college football, <laughs> you know, somebody that's yeah. just been in that. I mean, like all, of, all of a sudden their defense is a problem, right? They were 55 defensively this season. Um, and it wasn't just like, Oh man, like Cal just doesn't have anybody that can play, you know, like, uh, can play two gap um and they're just getting blown up in in in, a, in the a and b gap like they are like they were at 60 in effective rush 56 in effective pass it's just not a good defense like they've got like cal i mean i like the spat of all higher um a lot i think for where cal has found themselves because like it just kind of it kind of feels like wilcox has been like under the radar going downhill a little bit so this could potentially help <laughs> right the ship a little yeah and we we mock cal sometimes because it just doesn't seem like they're committed to football um but wilcox i do think is it was a, a decent hire there he's had some yeah. good years and this this gives me hope where it doesn't seem like he's just yeah. ma- the musgrave hire made it seem like he was mailing in it and he was just cashing paychecks so this at least injects some energy into that offense and yeah like you mentioned on the defensive side we'll see but um but yeah, but but good, good for him. Uh, anything right. else on the coaching side, or you know, any other transfer? We forgot to mention that. Um, what is the guy? Colin Schley, the quarterback. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Kent State's got to get like he's he's pretty well regarded quarterback. Kent State's had a fun Mac offense. Um, this is a, I think this could potentially be a really good get um, for UCLA uh, to, to to play sooner rather than later, as they sort of like maybe ease Dante more into it. Um, and then Ben Arbuckle, who's the offensive coordinator at Western Kentucky, they had a phenomenal year offensively, um, is rumored to be uh, the leader for the um, Washington State offensive coordinator. 
opening. Yeah, when, when their OC was rumored to be the head coaching, you know, where did he t- did he take Texas State? I think he might have taken. Uh, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, they. <laughs> Good luck. Now, I was excited. Like when I saw that news, I'm like, hooray! Like forced. You know, force creativity, you know, like you got to you got to go out and find somebody else. So I, I thought that actually it was a good thing that he left. Um, you know, I've watched a couple Washington State games with with our friend um, at, at, a, at our friend's house. And it's a uh, it's it, just the grumblings, <laughs> the grumblings from the fan base. Like, I was glad that even Washington State fans were watching and going like, oh, no, not another bubble screen or like, oh, no, not another tunnel screen. And that that was basically the offense. So um I'm excited about that one. Yeah, yeah. This would be good. I mean, like, it'll really tell us what Cam Ward is, right? Like, if if they get Arbuckle, because uh, you know, if you watch in particular, I mean, they lit it up in their bowl game. They're, they they had it going. Yeah, for real. Okay. Um. All right. Let's get to the bowl games, and let's do it right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Let's talk through some bowl games. Let's breeze. So there was a lot of them. There's a lot of them, Rob. And, you know, th- these these games just are increasingly becoming exhibitions. And th- there are some things to take away. Uh, let, let's start with the Rose Bowl, right? That was the most recent one. Penn State 35, Utah 21. Uh, I mean, this game, th- look, Penn State was in control of this game for the most part. Um, it, well, I, I take that back. It was back and forth in the beginning. But then Penn State really started to pull away. And then Rising got hurt, and the game was basically yeah. over. Um, right. and, and really the Penn state was able to step on the gas. They kind of got what they wanted through the air and then on the ground, right? Like Nick Singleton did really well. Sean Clifford was able to, to throw some, some touchdowns and stuff. Um, but I think the big story here was like, you didn't have Clark Phillips. Um, you know, rising was out when, when the, the, the quarterback who I think is the walk-on came in, like we've seen him play before and he was exceptionally bad in this game. I, I thought he actually played decent in a couple other games where, where he was thrown in, into the I mean, rising was bad though. I mean, like, let's not oh, yeah. like, yeah. like, I mean, let's not, <laughs> let's not sugarcoat this. Like rising is an absolute warrior. And like, he has been, I think over, you know, the past two seasons, one of the best quarterbacks in the pac 12, he had an absolute stinker of a game. Um, yeah, yeah. Age of twenty one, he had a bad pick. Um, he had less than five yards per. You know, like you look. I mean, some of that is you're you know you're going up against a pretty good second. I mean, Penn State also had their best corner out. He's probably a first round pick. Um, you know, like there's it's not like it's not as if like, I mean like you know Penn State has a good secondary and a good defense and like Utah hasn't faced one of those in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, their like their their lack of weapons, I think, got extreme. like I mean, I, to say that, like, I don't think this is necessarily all on Rising. Like, I think they just lacked weapons to be able to compete with Penn State in this game. Um, but yeah, your point too. I mean, like Clifford. I mean, if he could, like, if Utah wasn't able to get to him on a blitz, and they were for the most part not able at all to put pressure on him without blitzing. Um, he could scramble around and buy time, and eventually his guys got open. And they haven't been that great of an offense this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, good for them for making the Rose Bowl. I think most people didn't assume they were going to win the Pac-12 this year. Yeah. And it's a testament to Whittingham to 
you know, continue to even with not a, I think even Utah fans would say this team was good, not great. Um, so yeah. for them to win the conference and make it to the Rose Bowl and and be competitive in the first half, you, you know, like that's a good season. We'll see. We'll see what happens next year. You know, I'd like to see that recruiting tick up even a little bit more. But uh, for the most part, uh, Utah is what it is. But it does seem like that those lines need to be a little stronger in, in the coming years for them to really compete for the to continue to compete for the Pac-12 championship. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to the Cotton Bowl. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Tulane 46 the Trojans 45 uh you know you <laughs> USC's winning this game by 16 with four minutes left and managed to lose and that was funny to me um Tulane was fa- like the the bookies know on some of these games Tulane the the entire time I think they opened as a three-point dog it ended up closing at one and a half and um and they showed why like USC gave up 45 points now some of those you know great at seven of them were on like a fumbled <laughs> <laughs> punt return punt uh, catch on the one yard line, but still, uh, you know, Tulane was was scoring enough in this game where they were at least inter- making it quasi interesting. But that they're like the fourth quarter, like USC gave this game away. Uh, that, that's like that's the end of it, really. Um, you know, Williams had a great game, like five touchdowns, either for like five thousand yards, basically. Um, but I don't know. Did you, did, you, did you watch this game? It was pretty bonkers. It was so dumb. And I was like, oh, this is this is great. Like, uh, USC is going to cover. Like, this is going to be good. And then they did not. Like, in the worst part, I mean, the safety, the special team screw up. I mean, and I mean, and the defense was just god awful. Um, I I honestly say this, and like, I have been a Grinch defender for a couple seasons. Like, less so this these past two, um, but. I, I I'm just surprised he hasn't been fired. Like that's this defense is so bad, and that's like that's worrisome because it is more difficult to build a defense. It seems through the transfer portal. Yeah. Um. But you know, it does help when you can legitimately go into your own division in your own conference and say, I would like this player. I would like this player, and I would like this player, which is basically what they did to Arizona and have been doing to other other programs. So the talent. I mean, look, is Keon Bars going to break open the, the world as, as a tackle at USC? No. Um, but they are going to be able to, to put some interesting pieces together. But I'm kind of with you. I, I, I really loved what Grinch was able to do at those Washington State, uh, with those Washington State teams. Like, those, those defenses were awesome. But it's been a hot minute, like a hot four or five years since he's really been able to put something together. And I think... You know, I'm I'm surprised Riley didn't pull the trigger already. He seems pretty cutthroat and seems to kind of want to really get a championship as soon as humanly possible. And I would be surprised if he doesn't do that next year. But yeah, I mean, like, do you think this defense gets that much better next year? I mean, I think they have a shot to improve significantly, but like they could still be a bad defense. Like that's where they're sitting currently. I mean, that's yeah. the problem. If you're USC, you're sitting at 82 overall, and that's before I haven't had like the two lane games not even in there yet. Um, so that's not going to improve. <laughs> and then, I mean, you they could they could jump up forty spots and still be a worse than average power five defense. Like now, that would be a significant improvement. But I just I don't, I'm with you. Like I don't think you can build a defense through the transfer portal. I just don't think that that is going to work. Like I think you can maybe add a missing piece that you need, but I don't think you can go out and just like do a line change. Well, good luck with that, USC. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, it's a fun game. Like, it's bowl season, right? Dumb stuff happens, and it's interesting. And Tulane, clearly, this was their Super Bowl. I would argue, like, you know, USC, did they really care about playing Tulane after missing the playoffs and losing to, you know, Utah and, and that kind of stuff? Like, pro- probably not. But, you know, but but they lost. And I'm just curious to see what they're able to do next year. I mean, I, they're, clearly, they're going to be able to move the football. Because holy right. Moses, Caleb, Caleb Williams is awesome, and he continues to be awesome, and a, and a privilege to watch play football in this conference. But, uh, but the you know outside of that, like you know them and the wide receivers, and I think the offensive line was was better than they've been in the past. Um, you know, like they they still have a lot of work to do to to be able to really legitimately compete for a national title. Uh, anything else on the on the Cotton Bowl? I mean, poor buddy. I mean, that's I mean, that that one was. Just, I mean, like for USC, I think in particular, that was really embarrassing. 
<laughs> I mean, and I say that as like, I mean, like UCLA went out and stunk it up to a pit team that wasn't very good, but like, whoo, buddy. I was, te- I was texting friends like, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Like, yeah. kind of, you know, it's just, it's very USC uh, to, to do what they did. But I do think that like this team is clearly headed in the right direction. The turnaround has been really solid. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. You know, moving, moving on, going backwards, going back in time here. Uh, Fresno State 29, Washington State 6. The, the Jake Hayner experience comes to a screeching halt, you know, as, uh, as he, yeah, I would say he carved up the Washington state defense, but you know, about 300 yards, two touchdowns and boy, howdy. Like we just talked about the offensive coordinator. Um, now, now like to be fair, uh, the coordinator kind of left, I think without talking to Cam Ward about like leaving, you know, and he brought Ward with him to Washington state. So I, I feel like Ward got done a little bit dirty, on this one, and uh, and he showed it. 137 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. Uh, like Washington State. Okay, he- Fresno State does not have a great defense. They're 45 in beta rank, and you like Ward was freaking terrible yeah. in this game. I mean, anytime in college, in modern college football, where you are averaging less than five yards per attempt, like that's brutal. He threw 32 times for 137 yards. Like that is that is really brutal. Yeah. And then Watson, right? Like that nothing on the ground. I just I don't know if Washington State wanted to be there, which is weird because they've had a decent season and I think if you take a step back and look at the program, like you get a better offensive coordinator and I, I the one thing is they they don't have a wide receiver that can separate. Like all their all their wide receivers are just okay and when you think about what Leach was able to do and just bring in wide receivers that might be three stars, but they were just, they had that something and he just knew what that was. They clearly, I mean, that's been missing the last couple of years. We'll see what they're able to bring in, but I I mean, I think Dickert's a good coach and I think the defense is going to be solid. I am worried about the offense and the talent that they're able to bring in. Cause I don't know if they can coast on just average talent, the way that Leach was able to do um, just because of the scheme. I don't know. You agree with that? Yeah, I mean, if they get in a good like Arbuckle or somebody like that, if they get in somebody really good, like they'll be fine. Um, but it's the same way that Leach was, right? Like you just you have somebody that's a really good play caller, understands the area system, and it works. Yeah. Um, I'm just not. I don't know. I mean, like they could use some better wide receivers for sure. They could use like some better talent. Um, I don't disagree. Like I just, I, I, I think like their main problem was like I'm just not sure Eric Morris is any good at calling plays. I'm just, I'm, I think you're right. Uh, by the way, I'm just laughing because the next bowl is the, the Las Vegas bowl, and I'm just looking at Florida's box score, and it, it's, it's to die for. <laughs> so uh, they threw 13 for 22 for 180 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, and and Florida rushed for a cumulative. What is that? 40 yards against yeah. Oregon State like they the, look Florida did not want to be there and uh, and there's some there's some issues with that coaching staff and clearly he had a bunch of opt-outs and all that stuff but oh my goodness now they scored that they scored that field goal at the end of the game to they have this stupid streak that only Florida player like f- fans know about where it's like we've we have the most games consecutive that where we've scored points in a game <laughs> Like, oh, great. Like, congratulations. So that that's why they kicked the field goal rather than going for the touchdown at the end of the game because they want to keep that streak alive. It's like 180 games or something dumb. But at the end of the day, like, this game was so ridiculous. And congratulations to the Beavers who showed up to a bowl game, cared, and won the game, like, handily. Like, this this game was yeah. this game was done. <laughs> like, done, done, done. Um, and, and you could tell Florida really didn't care, and they were taking a free trip to Vegas. And who doesn't like that? But, uh, you know, anything to say about it? Like, Jack Miller played quarterback for Florida? I mean, like, he hasn't played much this season like it was, <laughs> this was a this was i mean and i was like the amazing thing i think is i mean really oregon state was able to 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 control the box they were able to rely on what has really been a pretty good secondary all season to shut down florida's passing game for the most part and that allowed them to to, to really control the, the line of scrimmage and, and and be able to load up the box when they needed to um just ama- like amazing how bad Florida was in this game. I mean, in a lot of ways, you could think this is a you know, this is a bad. I mean, this is a bad. I mean, a really bad matchup for Florida. I mean, a team that like 
uh, in in Billy Napier's first season didn't finish strong and didn't seem to be all that interested. Yeah, Ted wins. They they count. They count. They do. I mean, like the or, like organizations are really good. I mean, like this is this was a this is a good one. Like, and they had Florida has a had a decent defense this season. Um, Oregon State was able to go in and, and and run the ball a bit. I mean, they weren't they, they they benefited from having really good field position all game. I I realized that I went way back in time. <laughs> I went from yeah. there. so my apologies to uh, to the fans that were that are or the listeners that are listening to the show. Um, I, I went for just, my phone just totally screwed up. Um, let's get let's go to uh, Pitt UCLA late field goal here for Pitt to put him over the top. Uh, I had UCLA. I think I had him in an alt line. I thought they were going to crush Pitt. Uh, like the, the, it was interesting because every one of Pitt's, um, like first DTR played, and second, every one of Pitt's captains opted out of this game, and they still beat UCLA thirty-seven to thirty-five. Uh, I don't know what, like whatever. It, it's it's it is what it is. It was kind of a bummer to see DTR go out like not playing super well. Because yeah. he has, to his credit, he's had a really good. I mean, he he really turned his career around at UCLA. I know he's had friction with with um, Chip Kelly, but three three picks and he just the body language from him in this game was was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, Pitt's got a good. I mean, they were they were middle of the road power five team, number thirty four overall in beta rank. The offense stunk, but UCLA's defense is worse. Um, and then, you know, the defense is, you know, assisted 20 overall. That's pretty good. Um, and, I mean, really what doomed, I mean, what doomed UCLA more than anything is, the, the, you know, the turnovers, right? I mean, they have five turnovers in this game, four picks, one lost fumble. I mean, you're just not going to win many games when you are minus four on turnovers. <laughs> yeah, like the Bill McGovern still the defensive coordinator. I mean, like, are we just going to go through the same song and dance that, that we like? And I know he's been sick. I like, they, they, I think, I don't know. Like, you, Chip Kelly doesn't tell anybody anything, but it seems like he had some health issues. So he wasn't at a lot of these games, but even when he was like, this defense has been bad and it remains bad. Yeah. And it's like the same, he basically picked the same guy with a false mustache. Like, or it was like Jerry Azanaro, he just shaved his beard, like, you know, comes in and becomes the defensive coordinator. And I, I think the thing was weird was like on Twitter, you know, we follow a couple of the beat writers and they're like, we're, we're looking at the stretches of the UCLA practice. That's the only thing we've been able to watch. I'm like, you're in a bowl game. Like who, who cares? It reminds me of kind of like of what Lane Kiffin was doing when he was, when he was like struggling at USC, like nobody's allowed to see practice. We're going to deflate the footballs. We're going to change everybody's number. It's like who just freaking like hire good people right. and win football games. Like, I don't, right. uh, anyway. Frustrating. Don't overthink. Don't overthink it, Lane. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of that was, that was a depressing one. I really thought UCLA was gonna was gonna take it to Pitt, and it was a missed opportunity. But again, exhibition bowl game, a lot of opt outs and stuff. Uh, but Washington beats yeah. beats Texas twenty seven to twenty. Eleven wins for Washington. What a turnaround! Michael Panic's coming back. Like I'm just look. This game was stupid, right? Like. I don't think Texas really cared. They scored 20 points on Washington's defense. That's inexcusable. Like you could, you should almost fire Sarkeesian just for that. It was really, really dumb. But, um, yeah. but uh, look, this is this is a big win and a, and a fun win for Washington. I mean, look, it was like the Texas had a good defense all season. Um, you know, they did manage to to keep Washington more in check offensively than a lot of teams really have. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. Texas's offense has been really bad this season. Um, and like they were even, they were, they managed to be even worse. I mean, like I should say like, they, they, like most of Texas's good games offensively were a lot earlier in the season. And it just kind of feels like they've been kind of like poking along into the end here. Um, you know, really struggling and yours in particular was really bad down the stretch. Um, you know, like, I mean, if you look at from that, like that Iowa State game, or you know, going forward, he didn't really have a good game all year, and he wasn't really good in this game. 
that said, if you're Washington, like you'll take it to the bank. Like, you know, you showed up, you did what you needed to do against the Texas team that like seems to be struggling. Bijan Bijan Robinson, of course, had opted out, um, and that really hurt Texas's you know ability to run the football. Um, if you're Washington, you're just hoping to be able to 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 like because the offense should be really good again. You know, get anything, any kind of real improvement out of the defense, and you're potentially a top ten team next season. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. But they got a lot of work to do on that defensive side, though. Um, okay. Last game, Oregon at UNC. Um, Bonix, two-minute drill. <laughs> Let's go. Like, that was – that. I it, it was um, – when he got in there, right? Because and, – and, and Hippolyte got, got needled me for this a little bit, and I think he was right to some extent, right? Because Bo Nix comes to Oregon, and we're like, oh, no, like, big game Bo, right? He's going to mess up and stuff. And he comes in, and, like, they move the ball down the field. He, he gets – I don't – that touchdown was, ooh, was, I don't know if that ball was across that plane, but um, fewer points than anticipated in this game, right? I, I just assumed the final score was going to be like 50 to, to 47 or something like that. Um, it, it, but it still ended up being a good game. I think at the end, like these were two teams that really did care about winning at the end, and, and that was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, this, 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 game, this game would have benefited from Kenny Dillingham and Phil Longo being there. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> a lot of points in this game, you were just like, I thought Drake, May, and Bonex were good. <laughs> I, was, I was led to believe that they were good. Because um, both of these defenses, in particular North Carolina's defense, were horrible. And Oregon really should have been able to like the Oregon team we saw all season should have been able to pour it on this Tar Heel defense. Um, so definitely some work to do for the Ducks, I think, you know, to get out of this funk. To, you know, and they, you know, they got a new OC, new OC coming in. I like the OC hire. Like, I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, like for, for North Carolina, like it'll be interesting to see who their OC is. But this game, I mean, I felt like this game was like really disappointing because like if you'd watched these teams all season, you'd be like, oh man, this should be so much fun. Like just an absolute shootout. And it was a bit of a snoozer, like with neither offense playing particularly well. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I think Bucky Irving had himself a game. Yeah, it was interesting. They had so many running backs this year, and it was like, you know, it wasn't wasn't Bucky Irving like the three star West Virginia or Western Kentucky transfers? Anyway, like it's interesting that he was the one that emerges. So it's fun to see who really breaks through when you bring in a bunch of talent and try to figure out, you know, on the field who who the best player is. But he he had himself a good game. He had that sixty six yard run too, on top of everything. Um, yeah, yeah. It's also I'm also curious to see, you know, who the defensive coordinator is for uh, for UNC next year. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, holy Moses, uh, Gene Chizik has not been not worked out there. But again, like ten win season for Oregon, first year for uh, Dan Lanning, and uh, and they got a good recruiting class coming in. So I'm excited to see what they're able to put together. Um, Nick's coming back, I think, is really important. Um, I'm curious to see if Ty Thompson transfers because um, I don't know if he's good. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know that i mean like it, it's tough because it is tough to see somebody just you know like thrown into the fire um but he's definitely somebody that if he entered the portal would get a lot of interest um so i don't know i mean I, I, i'm with you like i'm interested to see if he transfers now the fact that they did not land that they got their quarterback flipped at the last minute by ucla maybe that thompson sticks around because after next he may really get his shot i don't think he's good well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like every time he comes in, I'm like up. Oh. I, I think if he was good, he would have gotten some playing time when you've had a couple bad quarterbacks there or just quarterbacks that Oregon fans are like, ah, I don't know if he's, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but well, you know, we'll keep a lookout on Oregon. I think they're going to compete for the, for the conference again. And I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what they're able to put together next year. 